Hi folks, it's Sarah from the XYZ Experiment Podcast and today we are going to be talking about what is the most generational thing about us. I, I'm a Xenial and I would say that hands down uh, the most Xenial thing about me is that I still have a Hotmail email address. <gasps> <laughs> cool. <laughs> I know. And uh, I saw an uh, Instagram uh, post from someone who's the same and this guy was telling uh, a, a lady in a shop who he was giving his email account to that this is my email, it's Hotmail. And she said, I've never heard of that. What's Hotmail? Hot, really? What's Hotmail? Yeah. Because yeah. that used uh, to be massive Hotmail. Like, I didn't realise it had a still Hotmail existed. If you've got an email yeah. account that you've used for years, you don't want to lose that. Like, you don't want to lose. Like, I've got an account which... The company doesn't even exist anymore, but I've still got it, which is Westnet. I've still, I've still got it because um, you don't want to lose it because yeah. you've had it for like twenty years. Yeah, I've had it since the start of the internet. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so she doesn't want to. Sarah doesn't want to get rid of that. <laughs> yeah, it's just so. It's I can't. I try to think about changing it, and I just. What I, I want to know, S- Sarah, is how many email addresses do you have, though? I have a few, yeah, but my Hotmail is my main one. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. Dash, what's the most millennial thing about you? The most millennial thing, look, I think there's a lot of millennial things about me, but probably one that I think other millennials may also share is that I have a misplaced confidence in my IT abilities because I did <laughs> grow up <laughs> with computers and IT and so – I just figure I'll wing it and I'll work it out and I'll do stuff and install and uninstall programs and, you know, like even with this podcast, um, learning how to do the editing. I didn't feel like I should read about how to edit a podcast. I just installed the program and I just clicked. I just click buttons and hope for the best. Um, Does it work? That's the main thing. Does it work? Like, Are you making this a truth? Is it a reality? Or do you need to go back and read the instructions? No, I think for the most part it works. And I think maybe it's also the way that I learn is quite experiential. Like if I read something that's just theoretical, I don't necessarily work it out. And so, um, but it is very misplaced. And I do, like at times it hasn't worked. And I have gotten in trouble with our IT department at work. <laughs> because they're like, why did you do that and not call us? And I was like, well, I didn't want to stay. And that's the other millennial thing about me. I'm a lot better now. I hate being on the phone or calling people. I really hate mm. it. And so yeah. to call IT and be like, I need help with this. I'm like, I'd rather try and figure it out myself. But it's like mm. to the point where I don't call people so much that when I do call my best friends, yeah. they th- and it's the same, it's reverse, the same. Yeah. We think someone has died. Yeah, what's happened? What has happened? <laughs> and so I called my friend the other day and she, um, you know, was with her family and she was like, oh, I've got to take this phone call, it's from Dash. And she like ran out of the room to take it. And they were like, why? What? What's happened? And she's like, but she never calls. So if she's called, something's wrong. <laughs> and you went, hi, how are you going? I was like, I'm just ringing to check in because you didn't reply to my Facebook message. <laughs> <laughs> So I'd say that's it's very interesting because um, it would be very, it is very zenial of me that I do call, pick up the phone and call, which puts me too. a lot of fear in the hearts of my younger friends <laughs> <laughs> to receive a phone call. 
Um, and even while we're recording just now, my, my bestie, who's the same age as me, just tried to call through. It's just what we do, like, just to chat. Like, no. we, we actually use the phone. But I had this uh, chat with my friend who is a millennial, and we were talking about the different modes of communication. So um, she was saying that, yeah, I'm the only person who would call her on the phone and use the actual real text function. She was going through her text. Right? She's like, I don't text people on, like, the phone text thing. It's only to receive packages or whatever. It's all through Facebook Messenger. Wow. And then talking to Same. another friend who, her 18-year-old really? son is like, mm. we only communicate through Instagram direct message. Yeah. Um, and then uh, WhatsApp, because I the other main way that my gen communicates is through WhatsApp. Yeah. Um, and then I think younger people don't really use WhatsApp. So you've kind of got different <laughs> different generations of friends through different communication modes. Mm-hmm. I never um, thought of it like that. It drives yeah. me nuts when people send me a message through Instagram or something because I might not check it for weeks on end. And then I see a message and think, oh, my God, I didn't like, they must think I'm dead. I just haven't seen it. And I think, just text me. Just text me. Or call. Or, or call. call. No, someone has to text me to tell me they're going to call me. <laughs> the only time I do that is if I'm like Sarah and I've missed a call from a friend. Like I had one the other day when we were recording and I texted my friend and just said, oh, I'm in the middle of podcasting. I'll call you back in an hour. Yeah. You know, that's that's the only time I'll say I am calling. Yeah. What's the most Gen X thing about you, Fiona? God, just on the current topic, I do call <laughs> <laughs> all the time to check in how you are. We definitely text. I think uh, the other Gen X thing about me is I think I can do it all. Uh, uh, like I think I'm capable of doing everything and to the point of exhaustion. <laughs> like I've yeah. pushed myself way too far. Because I don't think about that balance enough, so I take on too much, which I think is a very Gen X thing. Like, oh, I can do it. Also, the other Gen X thing about me is, like, I feel like when I grew up, we were free-range children, so we were allowed to do whatever we wanted, which is a very Gen X thing. Our parents were too busy working. And I think I continued that into my adulthood that discovery all the time I'm still always discovering whether it's musics or concerts or books or movies or you know even doing things like this podcast I think I'm forever that student with a fascination of the world I'm always fascinated by the world and people and things like that and I think that's a very Gen X thing as well love it mm-hmm. Luke what's the most Gen Z thing about you I think two things come to mind the first is being very conscious of like brand ethics. Ah. That's a, something that you see a lot of people my generation preoccupied with. I think that started with going back to YouTube when it kind of became more than just a site to watch viral videos of like cats doing funny stuff and <laughs> things like Instagram and Tumblr. When they began being more of a, a creative medium you started seeing a lot of people that would become popular on there for things, you know, they do their own kind of, it's DIY content. So it's stuff that you probably wouldn't be able to see on mainstream media, but also because of how DIY it was, I guess, there was a level of transparency and authenticity that you were getting with a lot of those creators. And that became their commodity was that they were these authentic 
people just like you and I. And so that was then seen as a huge in for sponsors to be like, okay, we can get these people that are seen as just like your friend to push these products. Yeah. And then with things like Twitter, I remember I don't use Twitter if it's still called that, but um, I remember seeing a lot of celebrities and creators use Twitter and it was like this big thing. There'd be like online news stories about Will Ferrell tweeted something funny. How crazy is that? He's just like you and I. And I think that when that kind of started happening and the main commodity in order to push products was authenticity and transparency, companies realized, okay, we've got to have our own identity, our own online presence. And as a result of that, I think people now are a lot more conscious of whether or not they are authentic or not, whether or not what they're doing on social media and the way they're presenting themselves actually aligns with their business practices. So does that, that's fascinating. Like does, does that extend to like all types of brands? So like clothing brands, like all of that kind of stuff, Gen Z would be looking for that kind of authenticity, transparency, kind of brand ethics. Yes, I think so. It's, it's kind of hard to say. I think that there is some like convenience in, in what's permissible or not, which is something that generally that's not just one generation, but I think every organization that has like an online presence, you would be looking into what they're saying to see whether or not that is. Because so often it's not true. It's so Mm -hmm. not true. Yeah. And it's interesting now because that was a big deal when it first started, I would say between like 2010 and 2014. And now it's very interesting because you see a lot of brands where they still have that digital presence. And if a controversy comes out or sometimes the tweets themselves or the, the personalized information is the controversy itself, but you can, you can read them and know very quickly whether or not this is someone from Gen Z or not, because the way they talk when they're trying to present themselves as like personable and transparent or they're trying to, they're in damage control mode. You can very, very much tell when there's still a level of formality to what they're saying. And sometimes it's just like really tone deaf as well. And you're like, they really don't understand the concept of online transparency, which, yeah. I find it fascinating about this, um, you know, like just because you said about, you know, Will Ferrell tweeted, so he's funny, that when people who we think they're a certain way and then it turns out they're not, you know, that particularly celebrities and things like that who have a certain brand and then you find out that that brand actually isn't as authentic as you thought it was. Like Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, and then I think is it a witch hunt? Like is it true or like I do have those thoughts through my head. Is this, is it really or is it just a, you know, an unsatisfied ex-staff member Mm. But it always surprises me, you know, mm. like if you're going to have that brand out there, you better be that that brand, brand. you know, mm. you better be that brand. And that goes then back to um, brand ethics. And I think there is like a level of like, there's a level of pragmatism, but I think there's also a level of now just like skepticism as well. So Gen Z mm. might be the more cynical generation. Cynical, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm picking up or, yeah, just wary. Or just Gen Z being, being authentic. Being authentic. Being real. But I'm, like, I'm wondering whether our generations were more easily swayed and influenced by, like, pretty things, whereas in Gen Z might have gone, hang on, mm. what's the basis of this and what's the truth in this? Like, I just think about all the celebrities that I have liked and admired. I never kind of was like, 
is this really who you because are? Because we didn't get the information. That's why. Like, yeah. but you, you didn't know. expect to. Yeah, you didn't. You didn't. Ex- you knew that you were engaging with what whatever was put forward, or them their um, their narrative, their, the image that was being put forward, and it wasn't. You didn't have an expectation to sort of, um, you know have footage into their kitchen as they're making breakfast yeah. that morning. So I, mean, like, yeah. you know. I was reading magazines about them. Yeah, correct. <laughs> yeah. Which, were, which were a month's old news anyway. Curated. Curated, maybe yeah. paid yeah. for, paid for, like maybe, you know, to give that right. It wasn't real. Whereas now everyone's got a camera in their pocket or a recorder in their pocket and they can record them behaving badly, mm. you things, know, which you never would have seen. Yeah, things like magazines, things like late night shows, those types of interviews were the behind the scenes. That yeah. was when they were being yeah. authentic and they were being a bit wacky and informal, but really that was just a very produced narrative. Whereas now you don't really have that opportunity as much because they can tell that's not really what it yeah. is. Yeah. So interesting. Oh my gosh. Gen Z's. I know. I love, love it. it. <laughs> love it. Um, so the second thing that I resonate with that I think a lot of Gen Z do as well is career diversification and, and exploring passions. I feel like there is never really, when you talk to someone in my generation, they're very multifaceted. It's, it's very rare you'll find someone that's doing one thing. Mm. They'll at least be doing, like they'll have their professional, then they'll have their side hustle, then they might have another passion project. And it's a very, it's multimedia as well which I think I kind of resonate with as well. So I work as a researcher, but I was also at the same time at one point working as a crisis support worker. I was volunteering as a play therapist aide. I was writing. I was doing a bunch of other stuff as well. So I'm going to put something to you. Like I'm a dentist, okay? And I did that 30, I've been a dentist for over 30 years now. And when I say to people, I would like to do a career outside of dentistry, people look at me like, my head's fallen off, like, you know, particularly like my parents and things like that. They're like, why would you want to be anything but a dentist? Like, it really shocks them. Even like with this podcast, when I'm telling my mum and dad I'm doing this podcast, they're like, this silly little thing that you're doing, whereas to me it's quite serious, you know. But do you ever get that reaction if you go, you've got a psychology, you know, you do honours and everything like that, and you go, hey, I think I might go do this. Would anyone go, why would you do that? In terms of like my friends? Yeah, or your like, friends or your family. Would, like, is there an easy acceptance that you can take another path from what you did? Because I feel for my generation there isn't. Like you did this, this is your set path and you're meant to go down this way. That's what Gen Xers mm. do. What about your gen? Do you think it's far more, yeah, I'm going to go off and do this now? Yeah, definitely. No, I don't think you ever get any pushback. Yeah. Or I don't think I've ever gotten any pushback like at all. I think there's a huge encouragement for that. And there's a huge... And I also think, um, sorry, I also think, Fiona, that that attitude um, loosened up a bit, like with Xennials and Millennials as well. I was going to ask with you you two. Yeah, I think it's expected um, and encouraged that you you go on to do a few different careers. I don't think you would have any generational policing about that going, I can't believe you would, yeah. Yeah, but we wouldn't necessarily side hustle as much as the Gen Zs at the same time. Yeah. Like hold yeah, that many yeah. multiple kind of passions and side jobs. hustle. Yeah, exactly. I'm talking about more like career changes and things like that. I think side hustles wouldn't be frowned upon, right? But it just is not necessarily a second nature as it sounds like it is to the Gen Z. 
And I, I yeah, it's kind of interesting. I don't know many Gen Xs with side hustles. I really don't. Most of my millennial friends, yes, are talking about side hustles and doing different things. Gen X, it's more a hobby. <laughs> you've got this hobby. So maybe it's a language thing, right? Yeah. Mm. That you've got this hobby. But, you know, you guys talk about side hustles. Side hustles is something which I've done for all my life, to be honest. But, like, I would never have called it a side hustle. It's only a new language for me now, you know. So, yeah, I probably would have called it a hobby or something like that. And even then, people still just go, why are you doing that? Like, one of my friends would say to me, why, why would you do that job when you can be earning more spending your time being a dentist? And it's not mm. about the money. It becomes – and I think that's a very Gen X thing, thinking about the money per hour. And the security. Yeah, and, and that sort of stuff and the prestige and all that. Whereas for me – but I am a slightly different Gen Xer. But for me, it's about the passion and the, the enjoyment and what, what's it fulfilling in my life and yeah. what's it giving me. Gen Z, I think the ratio of like – passion to sustainability is very, very different. Mm. And I think there's almost even mm. a romantic notion at the idea of go and do something, even if it means you're struggling and suffering. Like if it's what you love doing, you've got to do it. Yeah. I think that's yeah. quite a different attitude through there. Where do you think the millennials sit with that and the zennials? I think millennials, um, we, are, we do career change more. I mean, I haven't. Yeah at all. I've changed teams within the same uh, organization, <laughs> but I haven't changed like what I do. So I think I'm unusual that way. I think I heard a really interesting kind of concept around um, the curiosity to explore passion. And I think the younger generations have been allowed that curiosity a lot more and to not have all the answers straight away and to be able to try and experiment a bit more. And I don't feel like I have been able to do that. But I think for me, that's been a cultural overlay. Like for my family and my culture, it's kind of been like, you need to. I feel like my culture is more Gen X. Mm. And then it's like, stay in this secure, prestigious job. And if I was to one day say, you know what, I'm going to be a female soccer player, they'd be like, no, you're not. Can I ask something about that? And that will direct to both of you. You just use the word prestigious, stay in this prestigious job. Yeah. Is that important for you, Luke? P- prestigious? Yeah. Um, not, not necessarily, no. Yeah. I'm not even really sure what that would even look like for someone in my generation because... Yeah, I think it would look like... I was just going to say, jump in and say, it, what's your definition of prestigious, Fiona, and then yours, Luke? So my definition is you're a doctor or a lawyer or a, you, you know, have a title. Like, yeah, that's a title. You know, you know what I mean? You're a QC or KC now or you're a doc. Yeah. So that's my generational sort of thing, mm. you know, or work for a very well-known university and mm. like, I get all that. But I just wondered if that's the same for the So what's your definition? Yeah, look at him now. No, <laughs> I think, I mean, it sounds like. Because I don't know if status is really like a big thing yeah. in my generation, to be completely honest. So I'm trying to think of what I would think of when I think of something being prestigious. I mean, utility, as, as you were saying, a lot of those professions contribute positively to society. But like high, like high ranking, I guess, is what I would assume prestigious to mean. But even then, that's not something that anyone, at least in my circles, is like, I need a prestigious job, a high ranking job. Yeah. It's not what I'm aspiring to be. 
So they're not saying to you, because I remember growing up, for me, the narrative was, oh, I'm working really hard so that I can earn six figures. Mm. Uh, yeah, I've heard that narrative. But do you feel like Gen Zs with the influencer things, then it's about like how many followers or how big your influence reaches? Like that's a different type of status, right? Absolutely. I think like when I think of prestige, it sounds very structural and systemic, mm. whereas a lot of like the social value you're referring to there with like influencers and having social influence, I think it's a lot more abstract mm. and what you'd consider prestigious and or not. Like I don't think... Even the most famous of, of influencers, I don't know if you'd say that their role, like they're prestigious. Yeah. But you would say that they definitely hold Status. Sw- influence, yeah. which is what, where the name comes from. They could push products if a sponsor asked them to. That's um, true. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think personally for me, I would want to be in a job that's related to my passion, is rewarding, challenging, and contributes to the world yeah. positively i'm not sure whether or not that would lead to a role that's considered prestigious or not that sounds quite yeah old school mm. one of the things is tell me if you think this quote is true so in my generation gen x if you are if we were asked a question as kids um do you want to be rich or do you want to be famous our reply was rich if you ask kids today do you want to be rich or you want to be famous they say famous it's actually changed do you think that's true? I think so, yeah. I think fame being noted for, for something, definitely. Yeah, whether it's environmentally aware or... Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm, just talking about fame as yeah. if you're a dancer or something. No, but, yeah. yeah, it would be... I know that fame isn't necessarily superficial when we say it like that. I think, yeah, being recognised for something... Like a Greta Thunberg or something like that. Yeah, yeah. being recognised for something, I think, is holds far more value now than, than necessarily, I think money at least in my circles i know there are a lot of people when we talk about grind culture and like side hustles that's in direct reference to making an income and making money but i do think that yeah i think that recognition is huge i feel like it's maybe not fame but more legacy and like i am known for this and this is my Mm. legacy that i've started this or i've established this or you know that kind of stuff and a different way of thinking and i do wonder whether gen z's are uh and maybe all new generations are, but as they come into the workforce, the disrupted ones who will create new ways and new legacies of doing things and thinking about things, and that's important. Because my perception is Gen Zs have this view about what's my impact on the world, whether it's good or bad, right? So what's my impact? Whereas Gen Xs, and you can talk to millennials and zennials, is like um, what can I take from this world? What, what, yeah. Yeah, it's quite a different... I'm not thinking about what's my impact on the world. I'm just talking, looking at my my road in this world without thinking about anything else. I just feel like Gen Zs are far more aware of the world around them and aware of what they're bringing into that world and what their impact is on it. Sarah, do you think we're selfish? <laughs> yes, um, I do. I think yeah. the older generations are more selfish. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I think that the the younger generations would agree with that. <laughs> yeah. they're, be- they're better citizens. They're better citizens. <laughs> well, they wear crap. They're, well, there's no, it's, yeah, there's no two ways about it, really. Yeah. Um, in terms of, yeah, depletion of Earth's resources that we're leaving for the younger generation. I'm trying to be a better citizen. I'm trying. 
I really am. <laughs> I've got full awareness of it. I think a lot of Gen Xs are trying to be better citizens. Like we're learning. We're learning from the alphas and the Gen Zs to actually think, oh, yeah, actually this has got consequences. We better think about this. Well, I think Sarah as a Xennial is unusual in terms of like you do think very globally yes. and, and, you know, I constantly think landfill every time I think about yes. it. Yes. What, 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 I'm contributing to landfill and Sarah wouldn't be happy about this. <laughs> and that's another gen, that's another millennial thing I think is so much of what we do and understand the world is through relationship and connection. Mm. And so I could have watched an ad which was about landfill and it wouldn't have struck a chord. But hearing Sarah talk to me about landfill and climate change strikes a chord more and it's in relationship. And I want to kind of connect more with Sarah. And so I'll be like, yeah, I'm not doing that because it's going to contribute to all the landfill. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> be yeah, a better citizen. My work here is done. <laughs> <laughs> so true. <laughs> Hi everyone, it's Dash. Thanks for taking the time to listen to the XYZ Experiment podcast and don't forget to leave a rating and a review. If you've enjoyed our show and um, like what you're hearing, tell all your friends and family and hit that subscribe button. If you want to hear our updates and know when episodes drop, follow us on Instagram at the XYZ Experiment for all the latest updates and news. And our original music was composed and performed by the amazing Luke Champion.